0: Hey, welcome to Valley Christian Church's online campus. We're in week number two uh, of this series, two-part series really, Called Out of the Cave, uh, based on the book by Chris Hodges, pastor of Church of the Highlands. Uh, they've they've given us all these materials for free. It's so fantastic. Just kind of scratching the surface of all the details uh, in this book. Highly recommend you pick up a copy. I, I think last weekend, especially in person, was really really powerful. Uh, we heard so much feedback uh, about how helpful it was, and and not only helpful, but but how how many people just experienced the presence of God in our three services uh, last Sunday, at 9 o'clock, 1030, and noon, and uh, I felt a little bad because I left everybody in the cave. I, I think there were some tools to use, but everybody was kind of left in the cave. We're coming out of that cave. We're stepping into the light uh, in, in this final part, uh, part two, uh, final message in this series, and we're looking at uh, Elijah the prophet mightily used by God uh, and, and yet what we discovered is going to see a little bit more today even uh, he struggled with anxiety he struggled with depression he, he came right off the greatest victory he'd ever experienced uh, against the prophets of Baal 800 of them ended up you know dying as a result of that and, and then the queen queen Jezebel the evil she just basically in modern days just just put a little reply uh, to one of his Facebook posts said you're gonna die just like you killed my prophets and he just came unhinged just just went into a deep deep uh, depression and the thing that, that I think is so powerful about this story especially is God wasn't finished with Elijah just because he he was depressed because he had anxiety in fact He's the one that represents all the prophets of the Old Testament. We see him pop up again in the New Testament. Uh, If you know the story of Jesus, at the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus is literally transfigured, Elijah and Moses show up. And and Elijah representing all the prophets. Moses representing the law. And and so God wasn't finished by any means uh, with Elijah. Uh, and, And that's so comforting to me that he understood God understood what Elijah was going through. But let's pick up the story again, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 5 through 8. We're just going to walk our way through this story and really apply the principles that we see here in terms of stepping out into the light. So 1 Kings 19, verse 5, it says, Then he lay down under a bush, and he fell asleep. At once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water, and he ate and he drank. And then he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. And so he got up and he ate and he drank, and strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, now, one of the things I love about this is before God, could I put it this way, touched his spiritual need, he touched his physical need. He, he said, get some sleep, here's some food to eat. You know, and, and I think that there's so much that we, we can draw just from this, kind of introduce in today's message, and that is that God cares about you, spirit, soul, and body, that, that in, in your mind as well. And so many times, if we don't take care of our bodies physically, it's gonna really, really hurt us mentally and emotionally. You know, as, as difficult, and I shared last week, uh, some of the difficulties, my own story with, with anxiety and depression o- over the last few years and, and, and even uh, in, in the last couple months here, I, I will say this, if it had not been for kind of incidentally, uh, me getting into much better physical shape in 2020, I think it would have been compounded so much worse. But I was actually praying and fasting in 2020, nothing to do physically at all, just about some some issues that were really on my heart. And I began to drop a little bit of weight, and I was like, wow, I wonder if I add back in exercise, which I used to do that, you know, when I was in my 30s and all very rigorously. Uh, I, I wonder what would happen. My weight began to drop down, and I ended up you know, losing over 30 pounds, 35 pounds. I've kept 30 of those off and, uh, and working on just getting back to that weight there, you know, that extra five pounds trimming off for, you know, beach weather, and summer, stuff like that. But, but so many times physically, if we don't take care of ourselves physically, it hurts us mentally, it hurts us emotionally, and it hurts us spiritually as well. Now, I, I'm not like this, you know, uh, physical fitness fanatic or anything like that but most of us could could work out a little bit more could could walk around the neighborhood a a little bit more could do a little bit more take a little more effort a few times you know 30 minutes a day something like that it'd be amazed how much difference that actually makes don't have to be a fanatic just do something on a regular basis And so, so cool, is like eat and sleep. Eat and sleep is what God instructs Elijah to do. And I think for some of us, we need to get back to that. Instead of burning the candles at both ends and in the middle, we, we need to eat and get enough sleep. Take a nap. You know, be like Jesus. Jesus took naps. Take a nap, especially a Sunday afternoon nap. There's something about it. Just 30 minutes, man, when I go home... And you just get a little groggy. Uh, last Sunday, I woke myself up from my nap because I was snoring. I woke myself up. That's that awesome. That's such a good feeling. Anyway, so so just how God just took care of him physically before spiritually. And here's the thing, I wanna share with you five steps that that you can take, that you and I need to take. Again, this is our responsibility to take a step. So many times, uh, someone tells us, you know, we hear something that can really, really benefit us, but if we don't put it into practice, it doesn't make a difference in our life. It's not the hearers of the word, it's the doers of the word. So I wanna share with you five steps of really stepping out into the light. I can't do this for you, you can't do it for me, you can't do it for anyone else five steps you can take or you can encourage someone who needs to take to step out into the light especially when it comes to dealing with uh, anxiety and depression like Chris Hodges did so well in this book uh, in much much detail out of the cave so here's the first one stepping out into needed recovery step it out in the needed recovery see here's the thing if you if you don't prioritize your life someone else will if, if you don't schedule, and, and Susie and I are all about that, you know, just really scheduling, this is our time away. This is our day off. Uh, we're, we're not going to do the work. We're not going to do church stuff uh, one day a week. We're not doing any of that. Just to guard that, and, and what do we do instead? We make it about us, about our relationship, about our marriage, about friends, about family. You know, that's what we want to prioritize one day a week. That Sabbath, keeping it really, uh, keeping close watch on it, no doubt about it. Moses wrote Psalm uh, Psalm ninety verse twelve, Psalm ninety, and look at what verse twelve says: "Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Some of us are spending a lot of time, but it's not as we should. Doing all kinds of stuff that makes no real impact over the months and years ahead." So teach us to number our days that we spend them as we should. Look, look as we pick up the story, 1 Kings 19, uh, verse 9, where we dropped off. Then he went into a cave and he spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. He's in this recovery mode. What are you doing here, Elijah? First God fed him, and he made sure he got some rest, and then God speaks to him. May- maybe some of us need to slow our schedule down in order to hear God's voice. Do you notice that's what he said? Get some rest get some food, chill out, go into recovery mode, and then God speaks to him. The word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Do you hear that? All kinds of complaints. There's nobody else but me. He's in a dark, dark cave. Nobody else has ever felt the way I feel. Nobody else is is seeing what I'm seeing. It's just me, nobody else. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. He said, go out there. I'm going to be there. Take a step, and you'll, you'll experience my presence. Don't miss that. Take a step forward, and you'll experience my presence. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Earth, wind, and fire right there. Before the, the group, that was it. Earth, wind, and fire right there. God wasn't in. Earth, wind, and fire. But after the fire came a gentle whisper god was in the whisper first we need to step out step into a need of recovery second step into a god encounter it was in the whisper that he encountered god let me put it this way so many times when when it comes to our relationship with god and when we see ourselves in, in great need we're looking for something really really dynamic but god is looking for something very very personal and intimate very personal It was in the whisper. Learn how to quiet your soul. It's so important that we just kind of disconnect from all the devices, all those things. You know what I'm learning more and more that I'm finding so beneficial to me? The do not disturb on my phone. Do not disturb. There's just some times like I just, everybody I need to hear from, I'm with right now, or, or I'll let them come in, you know, they can still contact me, but everybody else, I'm just shutting the world out very important. Learn how to quiet your soul. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, be still and know that I'm God. There's something about, not not, not in our hurried frenzy schedule do we feel the presence of God. Be still and know that I'm God. I I love all kinds of music and I have a playlist for pretty much every single thing you can possibly think of. Uh, One of them, I I have a playlist when just about when when I just want to feel God's presence. And and one of the songs on that playlist, and it's not necessarily even a Christian group, I think they are Christian, but their music's not necessarily all about Jesus at all, but the fray uh, sings a song called Be Still. And it is phenomenal. I mean, I I put that on, and I was listening to it, again, even in preparation for this. I put that on, and it's like, I just feel God's presence, like, with me, right where I am. I I highly recommend it. The fray, that's the group, be still. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 73, 16 through 17 says, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. Isn't that amazing? Everything, all these events going on all around me, it just confused me. I didn't understand what was happening. Everything seemed so dark until I came into into, into a gathering uh, in the sanctuary of God. See see, I, I think we still just don't prioritize how valuable it is when we gather together in His name. When I came into the sanctuary of God, when I prioritize God's presence in my week, in my day, in my life, all of a sudden, the trouble began to fade. It's powerful when we prioritize God's presence. I, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. I didn't understand all this. Let, let's go back to the story where, where we left Elijah. Verse 13 of 1 Kings 19. When Elijah heard it, that's the whisper, the gentle whisper. He pulled his cloak over his face. <laughs> what did he do? There? What, what, what's the symbolism of pulling the cloak over his face? He hid, he hid his identity. You know, we learned that, didn't we? Mask mandates and all that stuff. It's hard to tell who people were just just covering a little bit of their face because it's it's not so much any other part. It's our face that that people identify us by so often, our face. And, And Elijah's like, no, I'm still staying in the cave. Even in the presence of God, I'm still in the cave. He pulled his cloak over his face, and he went out, and he stood at the mouth of the cave. And then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I love this. God is so patient with him, so caring, but, but, but challenging what his thoughts were. What are you doing here, Elijah? And then he launches into the same exact repetitive negative thought cycle he'd been churning on and grinding on. Word for word, Elijah says, Once again, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death, and I am the only one left, and now they too are trying to kill me. Same exact position that he was in. Leads us to the third step that we need to take to step out into the light. Step into your true identity, a true identity that who we are in God. It it doesn't matter what anyone else says about us, who God says we are. Eleanor Roosevelt put it this way, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Nobody can make you feel inferior. If you know who you are, if you know who it is that God has made you, nobody can make you feel inferior, even if they think they're superior to you, without your consent. When you know who you are, you know who God says you are, and, and that you're so valuable to God that he bankrupted heaven. He sent his only son to live a sinless life and to lay that life down as a sacrifice and a substitute for you and for me. That's how valuable you are. You ever wonder how valuable you are to God? Just look at the cross. He didn't stay there. Jesus didn't stay there. He rose again three days later. That's how valuable you are. That's, that's you are who God says you are. And look at what God The great physician prescribes this prescription for Elijah. Verse 15, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. I'll develop that, unpack that in a minute. Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. And when you go there, anoint so-and-so, and also anoint this other guy, and also anoint this other guy. And, and God never answers all these things that, that, that Elijah says, all his like whining list, all his complaints. But then God does say this, Yet, I reserve 7,000 in Israel. He says, you're not alone. There's 7,000 that are loyal to me. All, the, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. God says, go back the way you came. Where did he come from? We covered this last week. He, came, he went to Beersheba. Now, what's interesting about Beersheba, in Hebrew, the word Beersheba means the place of the oath. In other words, this was the place Elijah would have gone when he surrendered his life to God, say, whatever you ask, I'll do. God, I surrender my life to you. Whatever you ask of me, I'm going to do it. He says, you go back to the place that you gave your oath. You go back to the place you, you, you heard me call you. You go back to the place when you realize who I was and who you really are and, and, and where I commissioned you to speak on my behalf. You, you go back to the beginning and remember the beginning. Kind of reminds me of the New Testament in the book of Revelation, where Jesus is speaking to those seven churches and one of those churches, he says, return to your first love. Remember when you loved Jesus so much, whatever you want me to do, God, I'll do. No exceptions. Whatever it is, whatever you ask, I'm willing. He says, you need to get back to that. Back to Beersheba. Step out into your true identity, who, who you discovered you really were, your, your purpose really. In life. And then the fourth thing is stepping out into a new assignment. Stepping out into a new assignment. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. It is so important. I mean, this is not only biblical, this is not in terms of just spiritual health, but uh, psychologists, sociologists will tell you that, that if we don't have purpose, if we don't ha- live a life, an understanding of serving a purpose greater than ourselves, that is just just a, a foreshadowing of a real emotional and depression and anxiety. It's so important to give your life for something that's more than just for yourself, your own pleasure, your own enjoyment. Where there's no vision, the people Perish. I think over and over and over again we, we have to be reminded of that what is the vision that God's given to me the purpose in, in fact in, in June we're gonna be doing a whole series uh, here at Valley you know, you know uh, we're working on it right now about the vision of our church because it's so important to remember what that vision is because if you lose sight of what that vision is you can get just totally confused and off track in a real real hurry very very quickly It reminds me of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It it says in the New Testament, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, that's those that have gone on before us in the grandstand of heaven that's watching what we're doing. We're we're running the race right now. It it says to the witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. See, there's two different things that can really trip us up. One is sin, that's obvious. But also, it's taking on responsibilities and weight that that we weren't meant to carry. Burdens that you and I weren't meant to carry that will distract us and wear us down and get us off track from the vision that God's given to us. And we need to have our focus, laser focus. Lay aside the sins. Those those are things that God says are hurt us. Lay aside the weight. Those are things that are siphoning off our capacity and our energy that that have no purpose in God whatsoever. Those weights. Lay them aside and let us run with endurance the race God set for us. God has set a race for Valley Christian Church, for the Valley family. God set a race for me personally. He set a race for you personally as well. Together, as a church family, as a spiritual family, He set a race for us. He's marked a course for us to run. And that's what we're going to be talking about in June. It's not not new, but just reminded us, what is the course that He's laid out before you and before me? I'll just put it real simply for the sake of uh, our online campus. God's called us to build people. To build people, that's what he's called us to do—to reach people and to build them up in their faith, that, that they would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. That's what we're all about. In fact, I, at this time, I just want to, I just want to give you an update, actually, from our sister church in in Trospel, Transnistria. Uh, just got this this week, because. Susie and I have been there so many times for Pastor Yuri, who was just here in February, and we've been there. Our our kids have been there uh, as well. We've brought leaders from our church over there to train and equip and develop leaders, and we've helped them financially, literally, and uh, build in, in building their church facilities there. And, and Pastor Yuri sent this message, this update to us, uh, really with a sense of urgency. And, and I think it's so important that you understand, Valley Family, that every time we go there, we go representing Jesus and we go represent you. You've made a huge impact building people. They're not only in Tiraspol but also in Ukraine, Pastor Anatoly as well. But listen to this update that I received this week from Pastor Yuri, because we, we need to pray. Hello, dear Greg and Susie. Thank you so much for your prayers for us. At the moment, our region is not safe at all. Proactive actions took place in Transnistria from uh, grenade launchers fired at KGB headquarters, an explosion on a radio tower, and an explosion in the airfield. And the government dis- decided to increase public safety measures. We try not to panic and trust God. We understand that difficult times are ahead of us. We are promised rocket attacks. In other words, there, there's already a threat of rocket attacks being uh, escalated we sent christina that's his adopted daughter to Chișinău. now she's giving birth so they sent her across the border from transnistria into Chișinău, moldova and she actually had a baby girl this week gave birth in a different country than where they live but just so that she would be safe so so uh, he has a granddaughter now but hasn't seen her uh, uh up until this point when he sent this uh everyone fears a general mobilization of troops Ukraine and Transnistria are in a hostile state since Transnistria is under Russian control. We try to buy everything that people need during a war or a possible blockade, food, clean water, water purification systems, medicines. We're seeking, God's, we're seeking guidance from God on what to do now. Please pray for this. Pray for our safety, the government, and so many bad intentions that they will not come true. Thanks for your love and support. We love you, our sister church. See, that's, that's our vision. that's always has been our vision, is building people, helping people know God, discover purpose, uh, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're going to be talking about that in detail, reminding ourselves of that vision. But but we have spiritual fruit. You do, Valley Family, in Ukraine, in Transnistria, I, other places, like Cayman Islands as well, it just, just all over the map, things that, that because we've gone, Susie and I, we, we've gone representing Jesus and representing the Valley family and, and many other places, Germany as well, many other, and all throughout the United States as well. That's what God's called us to do. And that's why it's so important that we never lose sight of what our vision really is. And so just, just make, make a note of that come June. You don't want to miss uh, when we talk about the Valley Way uh, in June, sermon series. Let me end with this. This is the fifth point, final point, and that is stepping into relational strength. Stepping into relational strength. L- look at, let's pick up the story here, verse 19. So Elijah went from there, and he found Elisha, the heir apparent, son of Shephat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. And Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. So, so he was and he and he took off his coat, his cloak, his cape, and he threw it around Elisha. That wasn't like a James Brown move. That's that's, maybe that's where James Brown got it. I feel good, you know. And he always didn't. I don't think so. Anyway, but but that that sign there was his mantle. He's putting it upon him, and he's like, "I'm going to train you to be the next great prophet for Israel." And when you know the story of Elisha, Elisha ended up doing double the miracles, double the impact, just all those things that Elijah did. He had a double portion of anointing. but That's for another time. Maybe we'll look at that. But those relationships, remember he left one servant behind, but now when he he came out, when he was going into the cave, he distanced himself from the people that he needed. He left his servant behind. We talked about that last week. Now that he comes out into the light, step out into the light following God's instruction these five things what happens he once again connects relationally with another man of God ends up being twice the man of God that Elijah was and that brings him spiritual health mental health emotional health God heals him let me just end with this Kevin uh, I can barely put it this way, author on, on the topic stra- of, of uh, anxiety, depression. He says, look carefully at the closest associations in your life, for that is the direction you're headed. Your, your, your closest circle of friends, those that are closest to you, th- that's, that's a foreshadowing of where you're going in your life. That's why this is so important. Elijah and Elisha teamed up that's why i believe as he he went into the cave he came out of that cave stepped out into the light and that's why you see him in the new testament at the mount of transfiguration representing all of the old testament prophets and there are so many elijah was the one god chose the mount of transfiguration to represent the law uh, all the prophets and moses the law right there with jesus I I hope this has helped you. I believe it's helped you. It's just hitting the high notes, the the high points of this book. But again, really want to highly recommend this book to you. I think it's going to be an incredible tool in in your life as we've just scratched the surface of it over the last couple weeks. What I want to do right now, I just want to pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that even though we may find ourselves in a cave right now, that, Lord, you give us practical steps, actions that each and every one of us can take to step out into the light. God, we pray for your courage to take the step to take the step to call Lord uh, to call out to someone call them, make an appointment with a Christian counselor or therapist Lord to, to take those practical steps that we see that Elijah took as you directed him Lord for, for some of us we need to take a nap we need to change our schedule we need to dial it back whatever it is Lord knowing that you will meet us in that still small voice your presence is what we need the most That's where the power is. That's where a new perspective is. That's where we rediscover our purpose is in your presence. Father, thank you for your word that is alive and it brings life and health to us, Lord, when we not just hear it, but when we act on it. Right now in this moment, I'm just going to ask if you've never prayed to receive jesus christ as your savior i want to give you an opportunity to do that the bible says that if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved so right now in terms of that that declaring with your mouth and believing in your heart i want to lead you in a prayer right now if you've never done it before that you can repeat this prayer after me right now wherever you are and receive christ as your savior Just just repeat this prayer with me right now and open your heart to him. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward and I will follow you. May your peace come into my heart and into my life as I take the steps that you want me to take today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that message really, really helped you and really pointed you more toward Jesus Christ to take steps in his direction just like every one of us needs. Speaking of steps, if this is the first time you've joined us on our online campus, would you take a step to help me out and the whole staff at Valley Christian Church? Just text the word NEW here to the number on the screen, 845-447-5777. And we'd love to send you some more information about Valley Christian Church and a gift card just as a token of our appreciation. Also, if you prayed and received Christ, as your savior, if you prayed with me just a moment ago, you could text the word forgiven to that same number. We'd like to send you some information that's gonna help you in your next steps of your spiritual journey and your newfound faith in Jesus Christ. And now as is our custom here at Valley Christian Church, I just wanna bless you with a blessing that's recorded for us on the pages of scripture. God gave these words and he said, when these words are spoken over my people, my name is being put upon my people. May the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. God bless you, Valley family. Have a great week.